welcome to the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. We'll be talking to a whole host of guests from our staff here at the theatre to our cast and creative teams from our productions. I'm George Bailey and I'll be your host for this series, taking you through everything Chichester and theatre related. So sit back, relax and enjoy what we've got in store for you. So joining me now is Daniel Hill, Director of Crossing Lines, which is CFYT's Promenade Summer Production of 2019. And I'm also joined by David Lewington, who is working on sound and music for the production as well. A big welcome to you both to the podcast. Hello. Hello. How are you both doing today? Yeah, good. Thank you. Excellent. Good, yeah. Good. Very hot in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, in a, in, a, in a tin rehearsal room, it's great. <laughs> All the fun of the fair. Um, so jumping straight in. So it's a world premiere of a brand new play, uh, and it's a first for Chichester Festival Youth Theatre in terms of it's going around the streets of Chichester, as opposed to being in a specific place. Um, so talk us through a bit about the story and what the play is kind of dealing with. The play is is set in a kind of dystopian kind of version of now, in which a republic has been set up, as a government has t- turned the country into a republic, but really more of a dictatorship, and have clamped down on uh, people's rights, their ability to make free choice. They've taken control over the. Um, airwaves and they, uh, yeah, they're basically controlling the country. Um, the um, and amongst this um, kind of chaos, there is a group of young people who are trying to rebel. So we're imagining a time in 2019 when conscription may be brought back um, to fight for their country, uh, and there's a group of people who disagree with that and who make it their an effort to escape, and in the process, um, take the audience with them on that journey to escape this world that they find themselves in um, and it what's amazing is actually how the ridiculous amount of parallels that have occurred uh, through the current political climate of our country and it's almost a, like a worst case scenario of closing your doors and what happens if the wrong person would get into power and use that power to kind of totally make their own regime kind of the thing that's happening and um, there's scary parallels with what's going on and also it's when we started this process we never thought it was going to you know we'd be in a summer like this Mm. Um, so Uh, yeah it's 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 surprising how the further on we've gone in this process the more relevant the material has become and the more excited we've been to to deliver it because whatever your political persuasion everyone knows that something is going wrong Whatever you chose uh, in the past, you, you, I, I don't think there are many people that are that happy with, with the way things currently are. And I think it's, it's quite clear that we are uh, a short stone throw away from uh, being in a nasty predicament nationally in, in many, many different ways. So this show has helped, kind of helped uh, enlighten us on that, but also it... A lot of the young people that we're working with, um, they actually didn't have a chance to voice their opinion, and this is a—it's it's not the best way, but it is a way of them expressing an opinion, which has often been overshadowed or just not listened to. And it's amazed us, hasn't it, how overtly, how kind of politically aware these young people are. They're, they're so they're, they're, they're astutely aware of what's of what's going on. Um, and that's really feeding into the, the production in quite an exciting way. And obviously as well, so past the kind of story and, and the content of the play, there's a lot of kind of elements that are kind of bringing together the play. So um, there's a digital aspects with, with audio headsets and things like that. 
um, it's promenade, it's, it's youth theatre members, there's, there's loads of things to think about. How are all these things feeding together and, and contributing to the process? For, for me, the, the num there's just a sheer number of different elements that are coming together is, uh, is a really accurate reflection of what we have in our own lives, the number of different elements we, that, that go to making up our daily life, the, the number of different pieces of technology or avenues of social media uh, that we have, talking to people organically, talking to people inorganically, digitally, in the flesh and so on. Um, it's, uh, from a practical term, it's <coughs> interesting, to say the least. <laughs> it's, it's a logistical challenge, but that's why we do this, you know, we, we want to tell stories and we want to challenge people and we want to challenge ourselves. Um, but from a narrative point of view, in terms of the, the number of things that we've got coming together, I think it's... Uh, it's an, it's an accurate ref reflection of where we are as a society. That there, there's a lot of stuff going on for all of us every day. And uh, oftentimes that can cloud your judgment. It can get in the way of what's, what's worth living for, what's important. Um, and it's, it's a really important, valid point to make. And especially, actually physically with the headphones, weighing our audience down. Um, with, with, with the tech that we're lumbered with as well. We're making them feel... Um, and we can then feel weighed down, but also it gives me a fantastic chance to really get into their heads and with the sound design, really sort of like um, throw lots of very uncomfortable uh, elements at them on a very intimate basis, which as a sound designer for me is fantastic. So I'm, I'm dead excited about it, despite all the challenges. And I think, I think the fact that it, the, the, the challenges in these kind of productions is what makes them really kind of come alive. There are a lot of elements that we're throwing together and then by doing that as a promenade production in the middle of a city centre just ups the ante but it's that thing of um, I've never had an experience where you can't make a young person rise to a challenge that you throw at them and um, there is the, with every element we've added these, uh, these young people have just kind of taken it on their shoulders and accepted it and are running with it and, which is remarkable because you know, sometimes we, as a professional team, struggle to think, well, how are we going to, and what's that going to do, and what if, and they just, they take it as a, as just like a, yeah, okay, so we're having to do this, and then turn those on, and, you know, whatever those kind of tri tricky things are. They, they seem unfazed at mm. this stage, which it can't be said for all of us. So. <laughs> yeah, our limitations are not their limitations, so it's, it's good for us to rise to their level as yeah. well, to, to challenge ourselves, mm. like, they encourage us to. Yeah. And sort of building off that as well, and something that we touched upon earlier as well, um, it's, it's quite a large ensemble, it's quite a large cast mm. that you're working with. Do you enjoy working with, with bigger casts, and how has it been on this production in particular? Yeah, I, like, I, I really like working with large casts. I think the thing is with, with a larger cast is it gives you the opportunity of scale that you don't often get mm. when you're working kind of in, you know, in other environments. As soon as you've got that many group of people, the images you can create are just suddenly so much bigger. Um, uh, it's an overused word really but kind of creating epicness within a piece can be um, can be achieved relatively easy when you've got almost 50 people creating those images um, you don't need to fill in the blanks if you know what I mean um, having said that there's also moments of incredible intimacy in this play which is also then really exciting to play with um, 
and, and that's that's quite that's quite exciting. But I, I I relish I relish working with a large group of people because the way they feed off each other as well, having such a broad range of ages and things working together, it creates a really exciting ensemble that is hard to find in any other way. Mm. And that difference between so obviously you have the epicness with the images that you can mm. create and, and the car size as well, but there's also this intimate element of of a personal experience with the audio headsets as well. Is there anything you can talk about, David, that doesn't give any spoilers away as to how these audio headsets are working at all? Um, I think so. I'm sure if I start saying something that's uh, untoward, I might get a poke in the ribs. <laughs> um, but the, the, the headphones, the wearing of headphones um, allows us a level of intimacy that we can't get with speakers, especially when you're dealing with binaural recording, um, which allows us to... It's a recording strategy um, developed quite a, quite a while ago actually, just never took off commercially. Um, it allows us to access people's brains, uh, the part of people's brains that geolocates voices, so you, you don't just pan to the left or to the right ear, you actually feel like the voice that's speaking to you is uh, underneath you, in front of you, behind your ear, comforting you, pressuring you, chasing you, uh, which is so much fun to play with. And just touching on what we said earlier about the large cast, the number of different voices I've got to play with with a large cast is just fantastic. So um, the the technical element of the binaural recording has been something that's really uh, not getting poked in the ribs. So I, I guess I'm, I'm not really any secrets here. Um, it's it's something that's just just so exciting to be able to play with because it's just that next step, it's that next level, that next element, just like the other elements we've already talked about that we can put on top of this and and really give that audience and the young people who are recording, throwing their voices in to record and performing this, just another aspect to this story so it becomes real, uh, totally um, engaging storytelling. Mm. Uh, Dan, how is it um, directing promenade pieces as opposed to sort of traditional within a venue kind of pieces? It's odd because the, the approach to directing a piece I think is the, is the same. Well, I mean, what I like about promenade shows is um, and certainly this one is that you create a world in which the audience are definitely in. Um, and so therefore you're not just thinking about the images you're creating that you're looking at from one angle, you're thinking about well, what, what does being in this space mean to the audience? What does it feel like to be in the space? And, and more than that, um, a transition in a piece of theatre between scenes might be a really slick piece of scenery change or something that's really dynamic. Our transitions are five-minute walks uh, and, ha so, and, and so you're, you're having to direct kind of almost lots of mini plays that you then all piece together as to one, as to one thing but, but from a kind of in the rehearsal room kind of perspective it's, it's, it's no different the biggest thing is the logistical changes and uh, the, the logistical challenges that are, are brought um, when you're doing a promenade show and especially a promenade show in a city centre we're not in a controlled environment we have to have so many, we have to have so much control over what we do because we don't have as much control over the environment we're in, um, which is very different from theatre. Mm. You have total control over the whole space when you're in a venue, um, but here we only have control over the words we say, <laughs> the action that we create, the things they hear, um, which, which, yeah, which is exciting. Mm. And in terms of like, so with logistics and things sort of 
constantly changing with the rehearsals and having to put different hats on all the time and thinking about different things. Has the script then developed through rehearsals in terms of that? Like, has it responded to that? Yeah, yeah, and Anna's been amazing at, at responding to things. And um, we went through quite a few, uh, kind of few, a few drafts before we went into the rehearsal room, but especially with the promenade piece, there is so many things that you just have no idea where they're going to work until you get them on their feet. Um, and so Anna's been having to provide us with a lot more extra material to be kind of without giving too much away, to be, there, there's material that is being created that might not ever be seen, but we need it just in case we need to use it because of that extra element of the unknown of doing this in the city centre um, and what that might throw up at us. Um, so it's quite interesting that we're creating material, like I said, that might not ever be heard or seen by anyone, uh, but we need it, we need, we need the, that backup and stuff. But yeah, the, the development of, of the script and things has been really exciting for us. Why do you think it's important for this this production and this this story to be taken into the community via a promenade platform? Well, I think it's I think it's really important for every theatre to be able to for a theatre to be able to commit itself so hard, so fully to taking their work literally into a community like this um, is a very brave thing to do, but uh, but essential to be part of that community, and I think. It's going to be one of those amazing things of when you see an audience walking through the streets all wearing headphones, even if you're not part of that experience, seeing that is an experience in itself because it's going to, it's going to be an extraordinary thing to walk past you as you're sat in a restaurant or, you know, having a drink in a, in a pub or sat in the park. You know, that when, I think, that, I think the visibility of that is, is amazing. Um, I also think that, that young people can be can be trusted implicitly with this kind of material. And if you treat them as the professionals that they are, they will rise to it. And them being that visible is an amazing thing for, to boost them and the people around them as well, to be kind of like, we're not, we're not hiding them away here, we're showing Chichester, this is an incredible group of young people who are making a play and, and performing that. And I think that's really um, extraordinary and, not, and often not done enough. Um, and then so finally, why should audiences come and see Crossing Lines? You first. Okay. <laughs> so I think the number of elements that we have at play here is something to behold. Uh, <laughs> the storyline notwithstanding, um, just being part of a journey that, that reimagines your understanding of the city you live in um, through both audio and visual uh, interaction. Uh, is something that is really fun to engage in. And it's about that, that kind of uh, being in the liminal space, of being in a space that, that you're, you're together with a small uh, cluster of people watching this show, this story unfold together uh, in, in an intimate environment in a big city. It's something that we don't get to experience very often, being part of a collective in a grander environment but still feeling like we're very close knit, very close together, um, which is, it, it should in theory engender a feeling that is all too absent at the moment, um, a feeling of the collective bond together with the story. Um, also, it's a bloody good yarn. It's a really good story. I really enjoy it. And uh, I think the audience is well too. It's something that, um, uh, it, it, does, it does hit quite close to home. Um, but I think it's important that we do tell those stories 
um, and the way we engage people in telling those stories is to bring these elements together that make them exciting and engaging and ultimately positive and uplifting but also carrying that important message and I think we're doing that uh, immensely with this show so come and see it <laughs> um, I would just kind of add that it's really fun if, uh, uh, to immerse yourself and I'll use that word in a, in a world in which you can for a couple of hours imagine yourself and um, kind of in a totally different space um, and when you come and see it the, the more you give as an audience member to that performance the more you're going to get out of it and what's so exciting about this show specifically is that that's really true like the more you give to a produ this production the more they'll give back to you and the more you'll take from it and that's, that's exciting when, when you can have a, a relationship with an audience which they feel totally integral to the piece mm. and that's really exciting I think that's a really amazing experience to have Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Right, it's been lovely chatting to you. Um, Crossing Lines runs throughout the city of Chichester from August the 17th to the 24th, so do join the company for a truly unique experience, um, and I hope the run goes fantastically well for you. Thank you. Thanks very much. This has been the Chichester Festival Theatre Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Please do like, rate, share and subscribe on all relevant social media, and we hope to see you at the theatre soon. As always, thank you for listening and we hope you look forward to the next episode.